fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Listeners, I hope you're having a spectacular day wherever you may be. I'm Dr. Henry Ely, but please call me Dr. H. Like so many other good people do, we have an amazing show for you today. Let me tell you. All right, we're going to help you tap into the power you already possess by talking about fasting. One of the most incredible lifestyle practices that you can employ to help your body heal from literally anything. And that includes, you know what? So I'm joined today by healer Val. How are you doing today, Val? I am fantastic, Dr. H. How are you? I am doing splendid as well. It's good to hear your voice. Now, thank you. Listeners, this show is all about you. So each week we'll take one question from our mailbag, Please send your questions to I am powerful at energetichealthinstitute.org. That's again, I am powerful at energetichealthinstitute.org, along with a mailing address. And if we read your question on the show, we'll send you a free copy of my book, Energetic Health Volume One Interesting Insights into Advanced Natural Medicine. So, Val, what's our mailbag question for today? All right. So, today's question comes from Alexis in Washington, D.C. Which states are submitting samples to the CDC for genomic sequencing for the Delta variant? So, Dr. H. Wow, that's a really big question, isn't it? So, the first thing we want to do is we want to go to the CDC, all right, so we can get this information. And you can get this information by going to the CDC, uh, and uh, they have a COVID data tracker, and they have a specific subsection that's called variant proportions. So you can look up COVID data tracker from the CDC variant proportions. Now, what's very interesting about this, uh, how they are calculating Delta variant is that they're taking on average about 2% of all the potential positive samples uh, that they have available. And then they are doing genomic sequencing on them to see, is it the B117? Is it the B1351? Or is it the Delta variant, otherwise known as the B16172? And I know we start talking about numbers and people start going, what are you talking about? Folks, we just want to tell you about the process so you're aware of where these some of these scary percentages come from. So first and foremost, it's important that we that you know when you go and you can check this out. If you scroll down, they have a section called Unweighted Proportions of Variants of Concern and Other Lineages by State and Jurisdiction. What a crazy title, huh, Val? <laughs> right? Oh, my <laughs> that, goodness. That, that's not a mouthful, right? <laughs> With lots of numbers, lots of numbers, lots of numbers, a lot of percentages, a lot of stuff. So if math makes your brain go and short circuit a little bit, don't get overwhelmed. Let's just talk about the generality of, of how this process works. We want to make it simple for you. Okay. 
So first and foremost, it's important to understand that only 30 states are participating in the genomic sequencing. So in order for a state to participate in the genomic sequencing, they have to submit a minimum of 300 sequences to the CDC, positive samples, to the CDC over a four-week period. So first and foremost, I will say, I don't know why all 50 states aren't participating in this, right? So that's something for you to check and see if your state is, and if so, maybe talk to your state health department. Why aren't you submitting the minimum number of 300 samples for genomic sequencing? Every state should be participating in this right now, just because it helps us get information. Don't you agree, Val? That is very interesting. And I'm actually looking on the list right now. My state is not on there. Right. My state wasn't on there until today. My state hasn't been on there for the last three weeks and they just showed up again today. Um, So there are some states like California that that are participating that have submitted like 20,000 samples over the last four weeks. And then there's some states like Oregon that have only submitted, uh, what is it, 382 samples. So they just made it into the minimum over that minimum threshold of, of 300 Um, to check it out. So you can see if your state is participating, you can see how many samples they've um, submitted. And this is something I think it's very important for uh, listeners to understand. Um, There are roughly about three, right now, 3.5 million positive samples every four weeks. And roughly right now, the CDC is sequencing only about 70,000 of those samples. So there's a lot of guesstimate work that's going on uh, with this. And so when you get these scary percentages, oh, 80% of all new cases are Delta, oh, 90% of all new cases are Delta. I think the most important things for us to keep in mind are um, what can we do to prevent ourselves from having, from getting infected, or if we do get infected, to be have our bodies so nutrient dense that we, um, we can give ourselves the best chance of having a mild case, right? Val, doesn't that make sense? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Working that immunity. Absolutely. And then then when you listen to people like uh, Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Peter McCullough, they'll tell you that there are early treatment options and we need to be exploring them, you know, ivermectin and ivermectin plus nutrient therapy. I know the FLCCC just put out a whole new list of guidelines based upon the Delta variant. And uh, we've seen them work, which I think is very important. These aren't just speculative things that they're putting out. They're actually protocols that have proven themselves in clinical settings. So they're not, we're not just sending saying, hey, this sounds like a good idea or something like that. No, we've seen it work with people. And I can, as a doctor, say firsthand, I've seen um, the protocols and the use of ivermectin work. I've seen nutrient therapies work. And so um, I can't tell you what to do. I will never tell you what to do, um, but I will tell you and be able to share what I'm doing. All right. And one of the things, Val, that I'm doing is a preventative strategy. And I've been doing this for now the last 18 months is I take roughly 5,000 milligrams of vitamin D3 every day, right? Mm-hmm. Plus get a little bit of sunlight, right? It's well, nice sunlight, to get out in the sunlight. sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, and then I get, uh, I take uh, about 3,000 to 5,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day. Okay. Uh, I, uh, about uh, 5,000 I use of vitamin A, plus I love my carrot, beet, celery juice, my organic carrot, beet, celery juice that I, I drink a couple times a week. Oh, it's so good. Yummy. So Add ginger. Add ginger you know, to that. You know, mm, you know what I like mm, too mm, with mm. it? It's just a little bit of lemon. 
lemons oh, yes. and beets just seem to work so, so good together. So yep. getting a little bit of that beta carotene in the precursor for vitamin A in, in some foods that you're eating, uh, again, organic foods. And then, uh, and then lastly, I take about uh, 30 milligrams of zinc and I do more than that. One of the things that I've been doing for the last 18 months, Val, that I think I didn't realize how important it is, especially now with this Delta variant, um, is, um, taking liposomal glutathione. Yep. So I'm taking Absolutely. 250 milligrams of that every day as a, as a preventative. And it seems to be doing a great job because if, if I've contracted SARS-CoV-2 virus in some form, I don't know that I have, <laughs> you know, maybe I had a little fever for one day or something like that and yeah. didn't really attribute it to anything, but, um, I've been feeling great for the last 18 months. And I think, um, and we, the, the scientific literature, the empirical evidence really supports, these therapies, very, uh, these, I should say these, these preventative strategies and early treatment strategies very much. And I think it's important for Americans to make sure that you're, um, you're researching beyond what's on the mainstream media. The mainstream media clearly has an agenda here. And I think it's very important for you to research beyond the mainstream media, see what's out there in peer review, see what's going on with other doctors who have testified in front of um, so many congressional hearings that I can't even count anymore, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Pierre Corey specifically, um, that these are good men, good doctors, and people that you can trust. So why don't you go Absolutely. and take a listen and, to what they're saying and, and see what's out there. So, um, you know, that's on the, uh, that's the Delta variant and then a little extra, <laughs> little extra soapbox feel for us. And Dr. But, uh, H, thank you so yeah. much for sharing. And I hope our listeners, I hope our listeners are taking some notes and, yeah. you know, and implementing some of those things you just mentioned, uh, because that gives hope that really does give hope and eliminates that stress, anxiety and fear. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and it puts us in a position that we're going to have to accept. We have to be a part of our own rescue on this one. Absolutely. You know, if, if we, we can't wait for our government to finally figure out that, you know, or at least reveal to us what they maybe have already known that, you know, these nutritional strategies um, do effectively help pre prevent uh, infection and, and reduce severity of symptoms, that ivermectin is an effective, safe and effective treatment and things of that nature. I think the most important thing I want to get out of Val to people is just this, trust yourself, do mm -hmm. your research and understand that there are very likely that this, understand that the scientific literature is very clear that there are options and alternatives out there. Uh, beyond um, the experimental inoculations. So um, I'm not telling you to get it or not get it. Can't do that. Won't do that. That's your right <laughs> to decide. But what I can tell you at all times is what I'm doing. And I think um, uh, I'm happy to share that with our audience. So we're going to take a short break uh, to uh, get a, a nice little commercial in. When we come back, we're going to get into intermittent fasting and why it's such yes. an amazing, right? So amazing, excited. <laughs> amazing thing to do, to get into in your lifestyle. So we'll be right back, folks. Are you ready to tap into the power you already possess? Fantastic. At the Energetic Health Institute, we've been helping amazing people just like you tap into their power, heal what hurts, and discover the incredible healing potential of organic plant-based nutrition since 2013. Everyone at EHI is family because what makes us family is so much more than just blood. It's a shared belief that the body is designed to heal, that real food is real medicine, and that when it comes to us, when we come together, we become 
the greatest energy capable of making tomorrow amazing for everyone. Sound a little too foo-foo? We'll tell that to the hundreds of graduates who love EHI and the hundreds of thousands of people we've been able to help. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org, take a look around, fill out a scholarship application and give us a chance to meet you. We're blessed to have so many amazing people enrolled in our online programs and we want you to join our family and feel the love that we have to give. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Now, one of the coolest things I've learned in all of my travels studying natural healing is that your body is designed to heal. And we're going to show you one of those ways today. The best medicines available are still free, thankfully. Right? Yes. <laughs> Sleep, breathing meditation, sunlight, and yes, absolutely fasting. They're all free. And what's so incredible, Val, they're all highly effective healing habits, right? Amen. Yep. Now, one of the most important things we can do, in my professional opinion, is to let ourselves be hungry every day. That's so this fasting kind of component, you know, to, to let yourself be hungry. So let's mm -hmm. talk about it. Um, Val, you know, how long have you been an uh, intermittent faster and what got you started? Oh, goodness. Where do we start? Over three years at this point, I've been practicing uh, fasting, and I think we're coming up on four years at this point. And let me just tell you a little kicker here. This practice has been around for centuries, literally. So it's not a fad diet that you start following. It's mm -hmm. not really, it's not really a new trend. It's nothing new. It's like this amazing ancient practice that contradicts the timed nutrition that I was so used to for many, many years, mm -hmm. because, because I, some of, you know, some of you may not know, but I come from that bodybuilding world where you eat every two, three hours on the clock, <laughs> you know, you got your meals, you got your snacks, you prep everything. And basically you just end up consuming five to six meals a day, snacks and meals, right? And that just consumes your life. It's a lot of crap. And it, it, it just, it, it's hard to travel. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have a life. It's hard to work and have a busy schedule. And back in the day, I was just juggling multiple jobs. I was personal training people at the gym. I had mm -hmm. some marketing gigs going on on the side. I could not manage possibly 
to stuff my face with five, six meals a day anymore. It was just nearly impossible for me to manage. That's all. Mm-hmm. Simple so as I that. Ha- simple as that. Simple as that. And not to mention, again, some of the um, some of the blood sugar issues that I actually ended up developing just because of the wow. bodybuilding. Yep. Yep. And all of the hunger pains and being hangry and just being emotional and honestly, just being a complete wreck. I had to take control and I just had to put a complete stop to this and start fresh. So start fresh. That's what that's exactly what I did. Right. And, and you know, what, what it sounds like you, you had a lifestyle, it was working for you for a while, obviously you wouldn't have been doing it, the, the bodybuilding mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But then you got to a point where it's like, this is not working for me anymore. And I need to make some changes and intermittent fasting came in as an option. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And, and I actually have the same question for you. Okay. Um, are, are, are you practicing as well? And how long have you been practicing? I, I am definitely an intermittent faster and I'm definitely a clinical faster. I, I, I like both. So wow. okay. uh, intermittent fasting is going to be this daily way to be hungry every day. Cause I really believe it's so important to, to be hungry because when we're hungry, hunger is the sign that your body is entering into a very important process that we're going to talk about in a few minutes called autophagy. Now, some people might say, Dr. H, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to pronounce that. It's autophagy. <laughs> it's it's autophagy. We'll talk about it in a second, but autophagy it. is fine as well. I love it. Um, so for me, Val, what actually happened was um, I was having a really intense vertigo that wasn't resolving. And oh, wow. so I would just be talking to somebody and I'd have to grab onto like um, a wall, you know, and just because mm-hmm. uh, I was you know, literally would just lose my balance um, and my sense of positioning. And I said, you know, I got to do something about this. And, you know, what I started doing was I got first right back into my yoga practice and that really helped with the balance issues. But the feeling, the sense of um, vertigo was not resolving. So what I did was I said, you know, let me start doing some clinical fasting, which are 72 hours water fasting. And I would do that once a month. And I started noticing Mm -hmm. that I was getting a lot of improvement from doing that. And I said, well, man, it would be sure would be nice if I could get this process somehow every day, even for just a couple hours. And so I did some research and that's where um, intermittent fasting came up. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've never really heard of this, you know, I was wow. embarrassed a little <laughs> bit. And, 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 you know, but, you know, start, I started doing some incredible, re- you know, I started doing some research and there's this incredible body of research out there supporting it. And I, I think what, what, what it happened for me was that it feeling was believing, you know, yes. it was like, at mm-hmm. first I was like, wow, this is, this is dramatic, you know, kind of a change, you know, I'm I now have to be really mindful of when I stop eating every day. So I can, mm-hmm. you know, the, the style I practice is the 16, eight hour, you know, 16 hours of, of fasting and then eight okay. hours of, of, you know, an eight hour we- eating window. Um, on a daily basis. So I have to be mindful of when I stop But So there's, a, there's, you know, as mm-hmm. with any lifestyle that you're, you know, endeavoring into, there's going to be some, some, some in the first week or two, some adjustments. Little adjustments, exactly. Little but adjustments. They're, not, they're not deadly though. No, uh, no. It's, it's not deadly. It's very much manageable. That's what right. I enjoy about it. Right. So now four, four years later, I'm, I'm around that four year mark too. I don't have the, yes, we're twinning. We are twinning. I love it. 
it's now it feels like it's just a natural way of being. And I can tell the audience firsthand, the days that I don't practice intermittent fasting, which are very few and far between, I feel sluggish, slow, horrible, no motivation. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing what allowing yourself to be hungry every day really does for you. We're going to explain why. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, um, I want to get into what intermittent fasting is, if that's all right, because I think we need a little bit more um, uh, context to it. So when, when you're hungry, right. And I think Val, this is the real important thing for the audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. When you're hungry, it is definitive that your body is in the cellular process called autophagy or autophagy. They're both correct, but I'm going to keep saying auto autophagy and probably really upset some people listening to this. Um, <laughs> we can have both. Why. We can have both. <laughs> right. um, so what's happening at the cell level is your cells can do one thing at a time really well. Your cells can bring nutrients into the cell. Your cells can metabolize those nutrients for energy production. Your cells can detoxify from those, uh, from that process, that metabolic process of, of creating energy, um, or your cells can heal. And that's mm -hmm. what autophagy is. That's what fasting helps your body do. It, it creates a, a specific time period every day where every cell in your body is going into an advanced state of healing. How cool, right? Amazing. Amazing. And, and, and it's free medicine. It's built into us. You don't have to do anything. In fact, you're not supposed to do anything. And what's the signal that this process is has started? It's so simple, hunger. And that's why it's so important to be hungry for a few hours every day so that you're giving your body a chance to self-heal every day. That's what hunger does for us. So I'm going to read a couple of quotes that you found, uh, Val, that I just thought were really interesting. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one comes from um, Priya Karana, PhD. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this will back me up. Auto <laughs> means self and phagy <laughs> means eat. So autophagy <laughs> means self-eating. Okay. So, yes. there, so now if you want to be a, a Brit about it, you know, or good old people across the pond, you know, if you want to be a Brit about it, you can say autophagy and it sounds even more official. That's fine. Whatever. But Hey, the hey, actual... I'm Russian. I'm Russian. So I can, I, I can roll with it too and just blame it. Blame it on the heritage. <laughs> right. Amen. It's so the, the whole word is autophagocytosis. That's a big college word, right? So it gets shortened to autophagy and then you get some people who put their fancy little spin on it and it's pronounced for them autophagy. And there you go. That's why autophagy and autophagy are both correct. Now, another one, this one comes from uh, Dr. Luisa. Um, it looks like Petre and I might Petre. be pronouncing, mm -hmm. I, I might be pronouncing their names wrong. If I am, please forgive me. Um, he says, or, uh, or she says, um, autophagy is an evolutionary self-preservation mechanism through which the body can remove the dysfunctional cells and recycle parts of them towards cellular repair and cleaning. Mm -hmm. So when you're hungry, it's giving your body the opportunity to get rid of cells that are no longer viable, no longer helpful, like cancerous cells. And it's giving your body an opportunity to heal up the cells from the inside out, the cells that are salvageable. That's why it's so important to be hungry every day, to have some period of time every day for a few hours consecutively where you're 
hungry because that when you're hungry, your body is doing this for you every day and the hours add up. So Val, like if you had four hours on Monday of, of hunger, right in a row, and then another four hours on Tuesday, and then another four hours on Wednesday, that's 12 hours of self-healing you've allowed your body to get into mm-hmm. by simply not eating, right? Yep. Pretty, Recycling, pretty cleaning. It's almost like hitting a reset button, right? For your body every single day, right? It's a beautiful way to say it. And that's exactly right. That's, that's why it's such a great lifestyle habit. It's a healing habit. Um, and so let me ask you, um, you know, and, and I know, I know we talked about the pronu- pronunciation and everything. Pronunciation. Me, right. I'm going to, I can just, you, you ever, do you have this thing now where you can just feel when you're going to get beaten over the head, something, of course, we're, we're being facetious I know. Or you get over something you said, and it's like, well, come on. All right. Get out of how it's pronounced and get into what we're saying, how great it is to be hungry, you know, for a couple hours every day. Right. Your way, your way is definitely way prettier. It, it, just, well, it, it just sounds so much more sophisticated. Well, um, I appreciate I like that. It. I, I, I like it. Very seldom been accused of being sophisticated in my life. <laughs> so thank you for that. Let me ask oh. you though, Val. Uh, there's so many different approaches to this, right? Because there's there's the 16852 and stuff, all these other different ways to doing it. Um, so that means there's a lot of options for people to find the style that works for them. So can you share with the audience some of those uh, different uh, approaches to intermittent fasting and, and which one is your favorite? Which one are you practicing right now? Well, for, for a starter, I just want everybody to realize that intermittent fasting is a meal timing lifestyle plan. So basically you have your eating window and you have your fasting window. There are many different ways to do this and you can fast roughly anywhere between four to eight, 10, 12, 14 hours. It's all up to you. But the point is for you to not have any food or drink that contains any calories outside of that window, except water, obviously. And then I would say there are some other exceptions, but we can talk about it later. Mm. Um, And the kicker, I think that I want everybody to know, fasting has been around for centuries. So it's not a fat, it's not a new fed diet. It's not a trend. There is nothing new about it. It's just a simple way of you fueling your body with amazing, wholesome nutrition during the eating window and then fasting. So me personally, I love 16, 8, 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. And I've been practicing it just like you for almost four years now. And I love it. Can, so, I, can I jump in right there, Val? Absolutely. Because I, I want to give the, the audience a little bit more on that 16 8, because I think it's the one of the most popular ones out there. And it's probably one of the easiest ones to put in. Yeah. I know there's some people that will do like a single day of, of no eating water only. And I know some people will do two of those days. And there's some other varieties. But the one that seems to be the most um, useful for people working, live, you know, parents and yes. you know, people and all this Easy. other stuff. Going on, Easy right? lifestyle. Yep. Is the 16 8. So, if you, let's say you finished eating at 6 p.m. one night, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you would 
have 16 consecutive hours of no calories. So you're not getting that last little Hagen dazs spoonful in at 11, 8, 11 p.m. or something. Or midnight. Like that. Yep. That, that, that midnight, <laughs> that midnight delicious snack. You're not, you're not yep. gonna do that. That stops, right? That's so like you, you finished eating at 6 p.m. When mm-hmm. can you start eating the next day? You finish eating 6 p.m. on Monday. When can you start eating again and put calories in your body on Tuesday? So basically, 6 p.m. is your dinner, and then you just get distracted, do your nighttime routine, you know, enjoy your family, you go to bed, and you got those 16 hours of the next day, which is going to be Tuesday, we're rolling into Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and you are ready to eat and break your fast at 10 a.m., for example. That's your 16 hours. And it's actually so easy and as long as you're good to go with just water or black coffee, for example, or some tea mm-hmm. on empty stomach, no artificial sweeteners and flavors and creamers mm-hmm. and any of that, you're good to go. You're perfectly fasting naturally on your own. Yep. Right. So, so let me, let me, let me add a little bit to that as well. Cause you know, the, the key is really making sure that during that 16 hour window, you are not taking in any calories. So everything you said there was so spot on. Mm-hmm. We Is water okay during that 16-hour fasting window? Yes. And it's not just okay, it's advised. That's what you yes, should be putting absolutely. into your body, water. Your body needs water. But um, you can also put in what I consider to be medicinal water, and that's just going to be organic herbal teas, right? Organic yep. herbal teas have no calories associated with them. Mm-hmm. So you can drink those as well, as long as you don't put honey in or some other sweetener, which would have calories. And then as soon as it has calories, it turns off autophagy. So here's yeah. the thing, everybody, when you're, when you want to get into this lifestyle practice of really helping your body engage its own pre-designed healing mechanisms, right? Autophagy is one of the most powerful that you have at your disposal. Remember, we're helping you tap into the power that you already possess. Every single person already has the power of self-healing. How cool is that, right? Mm -hmm. It's already built into you. How do you access it? How do you tap into that power? By letting yourself be hungry every day. So, Monday, you end, you finish eating at 6 p.m. You have some discipline to say, I'm not going to have that hog and doss at midnight. Okay, cool. And then what you end up doing is 10 a.m. the next day, because that'll be 16 hours, mm-hmm. you can break your fast. You can start having calories again. And what do you do during that fasting window? Simple, zero calorie beverages, water, herbal teas are advised. I will never advise somebody to have a, a um, what is it? Uh, uh, diet soda or something. Oh, like goodness. That. So oh, no, no, even, no, no. <laughs> don't even ask me about that. Okay. Uh, but, but when we're looking at this, uh, I, I think, you know, there's a few other ways out there. What's, what's another way that you've heard, um, Val, another style of intermittent fasting you've heard, just so people can be aware of it and they can start doing some additional research. Well, we could definitely introduce something like split or crescendo fasting um, where you could choose non-consecutive, non-consecutive, hello, days of, you know, you fasting. Like for example, you choose Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and you fast. And then the rest of the days, you just do your regular meal planning. 
Right. I've that is an easy like, option. I've always felt like that's kind of a yo-yo approach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, to me, if you're going to, and, and this is, we're just talking out loud here, right? Yeah. You know, for me, if I'm going to do a, a single full day of fasting, then I want to do 72 hours of fasting. Because if I do 72, 72 consecutive hours of water fasting, what I'm doing is definitely entering into ketosis. I've definitely burned off all the glycogen reserves in the liver and everything like that. Yeah. And what I'm getting into are some peak levels of autophagy. And we know that peak autophagy occurs at about the 48 to 54 hour mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you get an incredible reset. So I'm a really big fan of doing a three-day water fast every single month. And then mm-hmm. every other day that I'm eating is just, there's intermittent fasting with it. So yeah. every, and, and again, it's still the same process. Every single day of my life, I want to make sure I'm hungry. So if yeah. I can make sure I'm hungry, I know my body is healing. And that's the key. If you're hungry, you know, your body is healing. So that's why it's so important. So what that takes me to just on a little tangent here real quick is, is cannabis. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because that, that's a whole different conversation, Dr. Age. <laughs> because yeah. here's, a, here's a little, little teaser for you. I will talk more about cannabis in another show, but cannabis is the only herb in the entire pharmacopoeia and that we know of in the world that induces autophagy. Think about mm-hmm. it. If you've heard or tried um, any cannabis, you know that it can create the munchies. Well, what is the munchies? Hunger. Hunger. What is hunger? The engagement of autophagy. All right. So self-healing. The key is if you are using cannabis for in a medicinal way, that if you get the munchies, you have to have the discipline not to eat. You have to make sure you don't eat because if you get the munchies, which is what you want, that's where the that's when the cannabis is really medicinal. If mm-hmm. you eat, you turn off the autophagy process. Absolutely. Right. right? Even though that, that Haagen-Dazs tastes really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and going back to uh, different t- styles and types, I guess there is another option of how you could do it also outside of 168 and such and crescendo. You could always do 5-2 as well, but that's something we can touch base on a little bit later. So Dr. H, I have a question for you. I've heard that there is a lot of science around autophagy, obviously, and fasting just in general. So can you tell us what have you seen? Like, give us some amazing science. Well, the science on autophagy is just busting at the seams, uh, Val. I mean, you go on and you check out PubMed, you check out and just do some great Google Scholar searches and stuff like that. And it's just, there's more information, more peer-reviewed information that supports this as one of the most incredible, natural, uh, self-healing phenomenons that you will ever find. So uh, we we've seen it for like, depression and intermittent fasting. Here's a study that was wow. off of Pub, PubMed. Uh, postmortem studies have shown robust deficits in the mammalian target and rapid myosin or mTOR signaling in the prefrontal cortex of subjects diagnosed with major depressive disorders, right? All right. So that's a big way of saying that the brain change, the brain changes when people are depressed. Well, guess what fasting does? It restores this. Fasting restores those changes. It helps the body overcome depression. But wait, there's more. Neurodegeneration and intermittent fasting. That's right. Neurodegeneration. 
breaking down the nervous system, right? What What can intermittent fasting do for this? That's incredible. Disruption of autophagy, a key homeostatic process in which cytosolic compounds are degraded and recycled through lysosomes can cause neurodegeneration. So let's think about this. If we're talking about um, Alzheimer's, for example, right? If we're talking about Parkinson's disease, right? The tremors and everything. Taken over the the United States at the moment, right? Right. Massive issue. Massive. What's, What's leading to that? people not getting into autophagy yeah. because their body doesn't have a chance to heal every day. The nervous system just continues to break down. So what they found in this other study on PubMed, we show that short-term fasting leads to, and this is their quote, a dramatic upregulation in neuronal autophagy, meaning that the nerve cells actually really upregulate their healing process when you are hungry. How cool is that, right? Wow. We have, other, we have yep. other studies here, right? Another one on neurodegeneration uh, and intermittent fasting. And again, on PubMed, autophagy enhances the clearance of toxic cytoplasmic aggregate prone proteins and infectious agents. Well, that blows my mind right there. Now we're seeing that autophagy actually helps to remove infections in the cell. Oh, free detox, free Um, detox. (laughs) So if you're dealing with a long-term infection, right? Something that's chronic, what is one of the best strategies you can employ in addition to any treatments and things that you're doing to make sure that you let your body be hungry every day? Now I can keep going through this. I'm going to read one or two more of these more neurogeneration and, and intermittent fasting. This is one of my favorite reads on here. I think we'll try to share this one uh, on the uh, podcast version once, uh, once, you, once this goes to podcast. But um, what it's showing very, very clearly is that when you give yourself a chance to be hungry every day, when you get into intermittent fasting, it helps the cells cope with stress and resist all diseases, right? That the key to letting, helping your body heal and then develop a strength to resist infections is by letting yourself be hungry. It seems a little counterintuitive, right? From what we've been taught, but it's only counterintuitive because we haven't been taught how amazing it is to let your body be hungry. We've been raised, Val, right? On the, you have to eat three square meals a day. Well, if you eat three square meals a day, that means you're eating all day. And at no point are you giving your body the time it needs to get into autophagy. It takes approximately 12 hours for autophagy to to initiate from the last time you ate food. So if you stopped eating, right, Val, like we said at six o'clock, 6 p.m., for example, yeah, right. It's going to take you until 6 a.m. before your body starts getting hungry for most Mm -hmm. people. But if you don't eat until 10 a.m. and you do that 16 hours of fasting window, what you're doing is effectively giving yourself about four hours of hunger, four hours of autophagy, four hours of self-healing every day. How cool is that, right? Now, we have other studies on Parkinson's. We have other studies on um, 
diabetes, especially, all right, helping to um, bring blood sugars back into balance mm-hmm. um, and, and lower uh, uh, insulin resistance. We have uh, studies on the reduction of inflammation. That's one of the cool things. My, my joints definitely feel so much better um, on an intermittent fasting lifestyle every day. And then we have longevity, how it improves your longevity. You live longer and the quality of life is improved as well. There's studies on it improving uh, thyroiditis. There's studies on it um, reducing infections, which is one of my favorite things that it does, especially chronic infections. And then there's uh, studies on uh, cannabis, of course, and cancers. (laughs) And uh, and we have other things from the Victor Longo Institute. Let me just pull those up real quick. We have, he has all this research on fasting and cancer, fasting and neurodegenerative diseases, fasting and autoimmune diseases, fasting and cardiovascular diseases, fasting and diabetes and obesity. And you can get this at the uh, Fonzion Walter Longo. Walter Longo is the research scientist at the University of Southern California who proved that fasting can be equally as effective, if not more so than chemotherapy, when it comes to the treatment of cancer. I that mean, is incredible. Incredible stuff. Mind right? blowing. Yep. Right. So with all that being said, you know, Val, I got one question for you and we are coming up um, kind of towards the end of this segment here, but we were talking off air and you were telling me some of the really cool things that intermittent fasting has done for you. What encouragement can you share with the audience? What did it, what has it done for you? Oh, we could talk a lot, but I would like to share, I think, the physical aspect of it, Um, not only fat loss, but also me being able to maintain really good lean muscle mass and muscle tone and density, Uh, protecting my heart, having that amazing focus and cognitive health and Mm -hmm. clear thinking, you know, that mental aspect when your brain kind of goes into that survival mode and everything is just so clear. And let's not forget about amazing digestion and regularity and even hormone health, because I think a lot of women out there sit and wonder, Mm -hmm. how do I balance my hormones naturally? And there's a lot of research out there that says, well, women should not be fasting, but I am the one to tell you, it has done magic for me and from very crappy, irregular, painful menses it has just turned my life around completely. So I am thankful, very thankful. Well, I'll, I'll tell you two things on that. Number one is there are a lot, there's a lot of research out there done by men telling women what's right and wrong <laughs> for their bodies. Okay. Oh, so yes. I think whenever you start getting into female hormone, you know, I think make sure it's a woman that's kind of doing the teaching. That That's my first thing, at least. I always want to yeah. see that it's a woman telling, you know, me what's going on with a female's body. I I just, it blows my mind how many men still think that they can mansplain women, even in science. Right. Absolutely. Um, And and then I would say for the, for the other part of it, I can co-sign on everything that you said, my joints Mm -hmm. feel better. um, My head is clear. I can get so much. My productivity is so much, so almost too much. Too much to the point where it's like, no, you need to, you need to rest, but I still have energy. I can still get this done. Yeah. Go take a nap. Go take a nap. Right. Because sleep is still part of the medicine, right? Yes. But I I think what we're saying to you, everyone, is that this is a very doable thing 
that it is incredibly beneficial Mm -hmm. and that you owe it to yourself to explore it even for just a month for 28 straight days and saying, you know what, I'm going to eat in a very controlled eight hour window Mm -hmm. every day. And I'm going to make sure that I always give myself 16 hours from one day to the next before I start eating again. Those simple, simple rules will help you get into a state of hunger. And it's that hunger that lets you know that you have initiated your built-in self-healing system called autophagy. So you don't need to pronounce the word or you know pronounce <laughs> it correctly like I do. You don't even know need to know all the amazing things that are going on inside the cells. So how this how the um, process is going to help rid the cell of chronic infections, of potentially mRNA sequences, of things oh, like that, of of they of of waste that is really weighing the body down. You don't need to know about all that. All you have to do is let yourself be hungry for a few hours every day. That's the, ex- that's the extent of discipline that you really have to have. So we're going to take a short commercial break. Be right back in one minute. Have questions about vaccines? Want to know more about the COVID inoculations so you can decide whether or not they're right for you? At the Energetic Health Institute, we'll never tell you what to do because we believe that's your right to decide. But we can share information about the ingredients, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, and how vaccines are surveilled so you can know which ones have done what they promised and which ones haven't. Check out our Vax 101 six-week specialty course starting on August 20th and get the truth hiding in plain sight so you always have the power to call the shots. Enroll today and save big on tuition that's already affordable. Each week we'll have a live Zoom masterclass so we can discuss the latest information on COVID and answer all your questions. And we'll also show you how to optimize your nervous system and immune systems naturally. So you or a loved one has been injured If that's happened, you can do something about it. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and check out Vax 101 so you can use your freedom to call the shots. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone, and I hope you're learning a lot. I'm having a great time, Val. How about you? Oh, I'm having a blast. Right. I, <laughs> I, I just love nerding out on ways to make people feel good, right? I mean, yes. that's, that's what this is about. And, and I love this no-cost medicine. You know what I mean? Like, that's what gets me excited about autophagy. People don't have to pay anything. Absolutely. 
to free. get the benefit of it. It's totally yep. free, right? Yeah. Um, so I hope you're getting this, folks, and I hope you're getting excited about trying it if you've never tried it before. And I hope you're saying, gosh, I can't wait to tap into this power that God put into my body already. How cool is that? Oh my God, heaven forbid. It's amazing. God, right. Dr. H, so, I have a question for you, actually. Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, hit me with it. So people who are interested in intermittent fasting, do right. they need to change their diet or can they just eat whatever they want as long as they follow? <laughs> I know, a little, little laugh I hear. Um, as long as they follow the eating and fasting windows. So- Rain well, on me. Well, I, I think it it doesn't make logical sense to me to do this incredible thing for your body and letting yourself be hungry every day and then go and eat fast food. That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Because yep. all you're doing is putting a whole bunch of, of garbage into your body that your cells are going to have to work even harder to detox and, and then ultimately use autophagy to get out. So you're kind of it, the net effect of doing that is zero at best and still an accumulation of chemical pollution at worst. Right. So, so, so things- what you're, what you're saying is you cannot fast all day and save your calories for a huge pizza and a beer for dinner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Is it, yes. Isn't that the whole point of fasting? Well, well, let, well let me, oh. let me say it like this. We oh. are always at the energetic health Institute going to be advocating people practice a few things. Number one, organic plant-based mm. nutrition. That doesn't mean you can't eat meat. It just means we want that meat that you eat to be cons- uh, consciously raised, humanely cared for, clean meat, right? Um, but we want the majority of your diet to be or, uh, plant-based. And of course, everything, we want it to be organic because we want to make sure we are eliminating the um, Monsanto Roundup pesticide mm-hmm. residue and stuff like that, right? So organic plant-based is what we're always going to advocate for. We're also going to always advocate for calorie responsibility. Most Americans are told that they have to have 2,400 or more calories every day, which only leads <laughs> yes. us into disease. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really important to like, for me, I can, again, I'll never tell you what to do, but for me, I eat roughly 1200 to 700, 1700 calories a day. And I feel great. And I do that in my eight hour eating window. Right. So that's amazing. It's just, it's super simple. Plus, I take a whole bunch of nutrients and herbs and things like that Mm -hmm. to really keep myself going at the at the peak performance that I need to be at to do everything that I do. So, and there's a way I like to feel. And this is how, and I like to feel good, really good. And this is how (laughs) I do it. But now the other thing we teach at the Energetic Health Institute is a concept called staples versus indulgences because we like to keep it real. Does that mean you can never have a piece of chocolate cake or have a, a, a something for yourself when you're on vacation? No, it just means that the vast majority of your diet, 90% and up, should be organic, plant-based nutrition with mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle habits like calorie responsibility and intermittent fasting, for example. You do that, you're going to feel great. Now, I got a question for you in return, though. <laughs> Of course, of course. (laughs) Okay, so we got a bunch of people listening right now, and I hope they're getting excited like we are about this, uh, about intermittent fasting. You know, what what are some of the best ways that people can get started exploring intermittent fasting for themselves? You know, Dr. H, I think 
partial fasting is the easiest way to adjust to this lifestyle. And that's my personal recommendation because instead of going cold turkey and doing 16-8 split like we talked about, Right. You can actually slowly start fasting just a few days a week instead of daily and see how you feel. So basically, it's a more gentle approach and your body has the time to readjust and it's not that hard and you just get used to it. You just adapt to fasting. So two, three days per week, I would say, if you choose non-consecutive days, for example, just mm-hmm. my example, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's say. So those are your fasting days. And you can do about 12 to 16 hours to mm-hmm. start again and see how you do, see how you feel. And if you are you know, not used to intense workouts, for example, um, you can do little yoga like cardio and fasting days to see what that does for you. Or you can even do like a walk outside and connect with nature. That's okay too. It doesn't have to be intense. And if you are a person who does a very intense workout schedule, you can do lifting workouts or hit or something very draining on mm-hmm. non-fasting days. So mm-hmm. that's a good option. And then I just recommend plenty of water, please. Tea, just like mm-hmm. you mentioned, or coffee. Mm-hmm. as long as you're not adding anything to it and just try this for a few weeks and see how you feel and then add one extra day to that schedule. And again, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And some cravings might kick in just like we talked about, but that's okay. Drink some tea, drink some water, get busy, go to bed. Not a can problem. I, can I jump in right there? Cause I, I really like what you just said. Absolutely. It, is Cravings are going to happen, right? We all experience yep. them. And maybe there is a time during your eating window to, you know, to have an indulgent moment, right? But when a craving comes up during your fasting window, it's really important to use that to train your body to drink water, to drink herbal tea. So you're giving your body something because a craving is the body saying, I need something. So you're giving it something, but you're not necessarily giving it the habitual thing that you're doing. So this is a great way to break habits. I mean, we've heard people mm-hmm. talk about the incredible um, discipline they've gained doing this, but also how it's ultimately resulted in, in reducing their sugar cravings. They just Absolutely. don't crave sugar like they used to, right? Is that something mm-hmm. you've experienced? Yes, I have. And that's why I think doing like a supplement for, for example, a BCAA supplement. So that would have your branch chain amino acids and your essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. But, but again, it is no too low calorie with no added sugar, no added crap. And you basically just end up satisfying that hunger. And again, mm-hmm. move on with water and move on with more water. So yeah, that's it, Dr. H. And I love and personally use and recommend uh, aminos by VVS Nutrition. And that's what I use every single day. So mm-hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Last okay. question. Last question. <laughs> Hit me with it, Val. Uh, going all in. Could fasting be good for COVID, Dr. H? What right. do you think? The, the question. Well, I think there's no question when we look at the process <laughs> at a cellular level that it's going to be excellent for any infection, 
right? We have so much literature that shows that autophagy as a process, when you're hungry, that what's going on within the cells is that your cells are uh, um, basically, imagine this, they're wrapping, imagine there's a virus floating around in your cell, right? And mm -hmm. what, it, what your body is doing during autophagy is it's wrapping that virus in a balloon, okay? Something that's called an autophagosome, but it's wrapping okay. it in a balloon, all right. And what that does is inside of that balloon. Now imagine there were some digestive enzymes. Those digestive enzymes start breaking down the virus, start breaking down the infection. So when you start saying from a theoretical standpoint, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about it now in a clinical setting. What I can tell everybody is that I have actually been successful. And we're going to talk about this in a future show with, in much more detail, but I've been successful in helping somebody that was going downhill post inoculation. Okay. okay. They were going downhill post inoculation. So what we did was we did a three-day clinical fast so we could induce autophagy and used nutrients zero that don't have any calories, but have a lot of punch. So things like L-arginine and things like uh, liposomal glutathione, phosphatidylcholine, all things that have shown up in the peer-reviewed literature showing to be successful at helping to reverse some of the severe um, uh, side effects uh, from some of the spike protein and, and things of that nature. So really, really important. And we'll talk more detail about it, but autophagy helped to reverse a definitive um, uh, post-inoculation injury where somebody's nervous system was shutting down on them. Like they were in dire straits wow. um, post-inoculation. And we have a case study that's going to be coming out in a week or so, uh, maybe two weeks uh, to really document all of this and prove it to you. But what's incredible is, is yes, the, the theoretical approach of what autophagy does, does have positive clinical applications potentially for the, the um, safe treatment of SARS-CoV-2 virus and, and yep. especially post-inoculation injuries. And that's for me, what gets really, really exciting. So Val, thank you so much. Great job today. Amazing, hope, Dr. H. Amazing. I hope everybody, I hope everybody listening to this really gets <laughs> excited about trying this because whether you do it for a couple days, right, each week and just start building up, or whether you say, you know what, I'm going to do this, this Dr. H challenge and do it for, <laughs> for 28 straight days and see how I feel. No matter what you do, you're going to get the benefit because again, your body is designed to heal. Mm -hmm. And it's being hungry that tells you you're in healing mode. It's hunger is a sign that you are in healing mode. So um, I want to remind everybody, you can send questions to I am powerful at energetichealth.org. Again, that's I am powerful at energetichealthinstitute.org. If it gets read on the air, we'll send you a book. Um, and also make sure you check out the other great uh, broadcasts on the American out loud network and uh, check us out. If you're interested in holistic nutrition, if you're interested in, in studying uh, um, about uh, vaccine education or detoxification or medical cannabis, check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. And I will end with this. May your creator shine his divine light down upon you, everyone you love and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. H for the Energetic Amen. Health Institute. Adios, everybody.